afternoon, I'm Darren Kelly and welcome to this week's Camogie edition of The Fair Green. Today's guest has been described as a queen in Wexford Camogie circles, winning nine All-Stars, four All-Irelands and two national club titles in football. Kate Kelly looks back in the memories made from underage blitzes to failure to football and camogie and Wexford's golden period a decade ago. Join us as we learn how the St. Ibor Shelmalier star had to pay her dues before getting to enjoy the Slaney Siders' glorious run after ending a 32-year wait for all Ireland success. And she also names her fantastic four here on The Fair Green. Good afternoon, Kate. Good afternoon, Darren. Kate, before we, we were just talking off air there, before we reminisce on, on your achievements with the County Amber Club as well, just a couple of questions because it's Wexford County Camogie final week and it's out at the Bala against St. Martins. I just wanted to get your thoughts on how do you reckon that game's going to go? Yeah, I, 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 you see, I suppose it's an unusual year and it's hard to quantify. Every other year you'd be at nearly every match and you'd know how people are going and how players are performing and this year, I haven't really seen the, I suppose, the Martin side of the championship, and I haven't been privy to much of that. Only the last one was streamed online, so I, I think it'll be a cracking game. Last year was a cracking game. It went to a replay, and the the bears margins um divided the teams, and I think it'll go down to that. And I think, you know, having played Owlert, they're in great shape, and they're really out to you know turn the table this year and. Look, they're up against an, a Martins team that probably was Owlert maybe 10 years ago, a young upcoming team that have no fear either and have won everything all up through the ranks. So I think it's going to be a brilliant game. And I, I expect, you know, um, a battle on, on Saturday and I don't expect there'll be a whole lot in it. Uh, of course, based on last year too, where they went to a replay as well. And uh, healthy rivalry like this at club level, and of course, I know like the Ratnure of St. Dan's weren't too far away either, um, is, is a good boost for uh, a next crop of Wexford Camogie players to come through. Yeah, I think the club team definitely is a good um, indication of maybe how your county team is doing. And it very it, it is very competitive at the minute. I bet, I suppose, maybe the two three clubs that are probably a little bit a step maybe ahead of the rest but the rest are catching very you know they are bridging that gap but yeah it is a healthy sign for the club and it just shows you there is plenty of potential there and if they can just get it together I don't see any reason why we wouldn't be very competitive at county level it's a game we're looking forward to uh, this weekend as well. And, of course, before we start talking about your Camogie career, uh, you've had a, a successful enough football career as well. And just to get your thoughts on the Wexford football final the following week, of course, Shell Maliers are in that final going up against um, Adamstown, who haven't been there in about three decades. Yeah, it, it's an interesting one because I suppose maybe the Shells, and I played uh, with the Shells for as much as I played Camogie, I suppose maybe just gave it up a little bit earlier. But... The Shells have dominated um, football for the last, since the late 90s, bar, uh, you know, maybe a spell of Cluny in the middle. Um, and this year is just, it, you know, they're not getting it easy. Like they came up against Cross Beg and, and it got over the line by just one point. So I think it's going to be a very tight encounter. Um, they played Adamstown earlier this year and maybe that gave them the first indication that this is not going to be an easy championship this year. And Adamstown, I think they might have pipped them that evening or they definitely drew with them anyway because they got a goal right in the end of it but it's it's nip and tuck and I think we're in for a great county final in the football as well this this year like the two semi-finals that over the weekend were, were great finals and there was nothing between the four teams 
It promises to be a real intriguing contest. That's the following week as well. And, of course, you mentioned they did draw the opening day. Just talking about football first, Kate, because a lot of listeners wouldn't realise this. We know you as, as an all-star and all-Ireland winning Camogie player. But, of course, you played in Crow Park football with Wexford and you won all-Ireland titles with Chemilaires. Yeah, yeah, well, um, I suppose I'd have to say I probably have as much with football, especially on the club level, more than I do in the Camogie. Um, probably didn't make, you know, reach the heights at the county level underage, yeah, but at, at the top level, we, we got to Crow Park in 2007, two weeks after winning our first Camogie All-Ireland and were picked by um, Leitrim that day in the Intermediate All-Ireland and Unfortunately, we didn't get back to that. But yeah, we ha- we've had a great spell at football. We won two club football All Irelands, and you know, back in in the early nineties uh, when we were going well at club, we were winning club football and club camogie, and we were on the All Ireland trail. And I-, I suppose it was a time where we were going through such a purple patch that maybe we could have done with eight days in the week to kind of fit in all our training. And but it was such a buzz. You didn't you didn't even think about it. You didn't mind. It was. You know, like if you could say that we could recreate that again in the club, you know, I take it with both hands because it's it was a unique time and, and those occasions don't come around for clubs very, very often. And I was just lucky to come through with a unique set of players in the club, like they were equally as good at football as Camogie and, and we lived and died both on and off the pitch together, whether we were putting on the, the club football jersey or whether we were putting on the club Camogie jersey. And then... A lot of us then, you know, played into the county scene as well. So it, it was a great spell. And as I said, like, it's just, you really are, sometimes it's lucky that you, you get the opportunity to grow up with a bunch of players like that. Like, you're born 10 years later or 15, you mightn't have had the opportunity to achieve as much as I did. So I was lucky in that sense to be part of such a bunch of players. And of course, success as well went. And um, did football ever have a chance of pulling you over to Camogie, or was it always Camogie the first love? Uh, yeah, uh, Camogie was always my first love, but I won't say it, it took from my football. If I put on the football jersey, I didn't give any less because I didn't, because Camogie was, you know, was what I preferred to play. But I, I loved both of them equally when I put on the jersey and we went out and played. It was, you know, you were out there with your friends and you were playing a game that you enjoyed playing. So, I couldn't say it's it's only when people ask you which one do you love the most yeah I do prefer the camogie but it never impinged on performance wise you would have given just as much in, in both or whenever you were going out to play of course I normally ask um, guests here in the fair green about what uh, um, what instigated their love of camogie or ladies football as the case may be but of course in one way you were born into camogie because your mum is an All-Ireland winner with Wexford as well yeah yeah, I, di- I didn't have any opportunity to to escape it really, and my dad is as much a lover of it as well. He played with the club and probably didn't, definitely didn't achieve as as high as she did. But yeah, we were all very much big part of GA growing up. And as a kid, I just remember we always played across the the yard outside. We always had two goals, and because there was nine of us in it, we nearly always had at least three on three. And and we had a couple of cousins lived down the road, so. It was nearly match after match or we play across the yard and, you know, it's what we grew up doing and, and we just loved it, their love of it. And they never missed um, matches or, you know, games. Like I remember when my brothers were playing when we were younger, my dad used to always go to the matches with, with the lads and my mother would follow on with my aunt down the road and we'd be in the other car. So 
when the others were playing, my mom still went to see the games and, you know, we were just always at matches as kids. We just lived, you know, lived in the Harlem field, really going to games and you nearly know the country by Harlem pitches around the, around the country. <laughs> <laughs> I know I know that feeling too just as a reporter as well as you mentioned there of course your brothers have represented Wexford as well and is Joe still playing club? Yeah yeah still still playing club and, and won the county final there last weekend the weekend before with the Shells so yeah he's still playing a bit and my oldest brother too is playing on, on the Shells third team so um, there's a few of them still playing alright so, like, success continuing there as well with Joe as well. And, of course, I should have mentioned earlier on the fantastic county hurling final victory as well. And sure, who knows, the ladies footballers could do the double. Kate, for yourself, of course, I, I don't even know where to start when we go, to, go through your career. But, like, an All-Ireland minor in 1995, and you met your senior in 96. And needless to say, Wexford, I know they've been in a few All-Ireland finals beforehand, but we're going through that barren patch as well. And I think it's fair to say you had to pay your dues before success came. Yeah, like, you know, I sometimes look at the Wexford squad now and say maybe what's happened back then is happening a little bit to them. That, you know, after that team in the early 90s um, reached the All-Irelands and probably weren't as lucky as we were to get over the line, there was a lull after it. And that's where I kind of came into the fold. And a lot of those players probably retired at that time. So we did have, you know, the late 90s, when we were starting out on the county early noughties, like we, we failed some days to field the team and we were beaten by 26, I remember, points by Cork one time down in Parky Ring. I, I still remember Linda Melrick and them playing us and we got a fair trim and, and yeah, we de- we definitely paid our dues before we got to success, but, you know, it made us appreciate it so much more. Like winning in 2007 just was so special because I knew what it was like to go through so many hard times and, when you look back, how did we even, you know, how did we keep the faith that we were going to win? And I never didn't think we weren't going to win in all Ireland. But if if you look back through it and, and look at, you know, 2000 and those years along there, you'd say, how did you even believe you were going to make it to the top? But we knew we had the players like from the minor all Ireland 95 and Colosh de Breed's success and that. So there was a number of teams coming through Wexford that were, once you pulled it together, were capable of winning in all Ireland. Because you said there when you came into the panel, like I suppose the signs of of, of a drop weren't there based on the recent All Ireland final appearances. But you touched on that game in 1999 against Cork, where it was 43 points. And of course, in 2002 as well, Tipperary were going through their golden spell as well. And there was another big scoreline there as well. So there must have been some serious soul searching before it started to come together. Yeah, there was. And I do remember even at one stage, Wexford were thinking of pulling the senior team. And, you know, we had the likes of Aidan Breen and, and different people that came in. And I suppose that was maybe the turning point where there is always a couple of years where players in their, you know, when they're in college and that. And we didn't, like the team of the early 90s, they'd all kind of retired and there was a drop off. And you had the players then that went traveling for a couple of years. So, I, there was a lot of soul searching there in the early noughties, but when the players started coming back in and people start putting their heads to, you know, it's time now to win this if we're going to, you know, things started to fall into place. And I know Willie Carley was over us three years before we got the success. And I think we did a lot of work in those three years, a lot of team building, and we came together a lot in those three years. And that's where a lot of the work was done for the 2007, 10, 11, 12. 
But I, I, I thought it was 26 points. It was 43 points. <laughs> it's a big difference, all right. <laughs> you have to forgive me for mentioning that, though. That's <laughs> okay. You can look back now and laugh, I suppose. At the time, it wasn't a laughable matter. It's, it's as you mentioned there, like about the team coming together. And I think I remember a match in Banlas Lowe in 2005. We got a few late goals to beat Galway, too. And it was the first signs that I would have seen, too, that there was something coming together. And then in 2007, getting yourself to an All Ireland final up against an experienced Cork team. First, like the experience of actually making the All Ireland final. Yeah, and it's funny, like I would have said, I think we got to a league final in maybe 2004 and we should have beaten that tip team that year. I think maybe that was when we, and we bet Cork and Wexford Park one day as well, you know, around the 2004, 2005 mark. Even before that, you know, that one you said, that's when we started to, I think, build momentum and start to believe that, you know, we do have what it takes to beat the top teams here and that day travelling to balance low winning. That one doesn't stick out in my mind as much. Probably when I, I go off the call, I'll remember it distinctly. But yeah, and you know, 2007, when we got to the All-Ireland, it's funny, it never phased us. And maybe because Stella was part of the team in the 90s, she actually brought us into Wexford Park and, and did all the things that you know, to make us not be nervous, she brought us to Crow Park, she brought us to Wexford Park and made us, you know, practice doing the parade. And I remember she even made Mary, you know, introduce everyone to her as if she was the president. So we wouldn't be nervous about that on the day. And, you know, they were the things that maybe caught them in the early 90s and that stood to us in 2007. But as a team in our first All-Ireland, I don't ever remember us being overly, you know, nervous. We just, you know, you know, I, I still remember back to that day has been just a great memory. Stella's experience was massive as well. We had her on here when we were pre previewing the Wexford Camogie Championship and we, I mentioned about those finals in the 90s. You could see it still uh, as a player, like it still was at her that they never go over the line themselves but she was so proud uh, to be involved with your achievement as you mentioned there you went and you got on with the job you didn't have a phase and then you, and, and, and you got finally go over the line first All-Ireland title in 32 years yeah and I, she was instrumental in that and her experience of losing them actually was what probably was the, the difference in us getting over the line because she corrected all the things that maybe that she felt were the things that they didn't get over when they won like, like I, I still, I always remember that day in Wexford Park where we ran out on the pitch, we had 10 minutes to do the warm-up. She did it in a drill and we did it three and four times that when we ran out in Crow Park that day, it was like clockwork because we knew we were 10 minutes doing that day. We were going to do the parade and we paraded around Wexford Park and we, you know, and I think she, she like did everything to, you know, that they, those factors weren't going to be the reason we lost the All-Ireland in 2007 and, and hell, they weren't. They were actually the reasons that I think that we were so comfortable that day and that it was just another match on another pitch. And she definitely was instrumental in that and the big difference on the day for, for the team. And a lot of people, like we often hear managers or players talk about the little things, but a lot of people wouldn't actually appreciate what those little things are. And as you were saying there too, even something like making your drill into the Crow Park preparation um, was massive because... He, could go out there then the nerves were minimal no doubt there was some nerves being in an All-Ireland final but it, you could minimise that keep control of it as such and, and then get on with the job Yes definitely and like in fairness JJ didn't leave that stone unturned either like when we got there in 2010 
he did the same. He brought us to Crow Park. He wanted everyone to be familiar with the dressing rooms. He wanted everyone to be familiar with, you know, going out on the pitch and the and the stadium and what it felt like to be standing down on the pitch. And because there was players, obviously, in 2010, there weren't there in 2007. And he did that. And he, he did it all of the three years we won. So he just got that, you know, the excitement of going into the big dressing rooms and the playing area out of the way two weeks before we played each of those All-Irelands. And those little things, I think, were massive differences and, and big parts of, of our preparation for those All-Irelands and, you know, winning those All-Irelands because we did never lose an All-Ireland in Crow Park. So we never experienced that, that, that feeling of, you know, what people talk about. It's such a lonely place when you lose. We, we, and we're fortunate enough to say that we never experienced that. JJ's arrival, I suppose, was perfectly timed too. I can remember, like in the ways ago, we got the late goal in the semi-final, and in '09, I think it was Corky played that day, and you could just tell afterwards something didn't feel right. It was that you were best rather than just lose the match too. But then JJ coming in and the kind of freshened everything up again. Yeah, and and I think it was just simply that it wasn't, you know, it was just a fresh voice and it was a fresh approach, and everyone had to reprove themselves. And I just think, you know. We probably should have achieved in 2008 and nine, but maybe 2008, we're still so elated from the year before and on such a high, like it was 32 years since Wexford won. We were still celebrating well into April and May, bringing the cup to schools and, and different functions and, and that. And maybe we never really came down off that, but it was only a, a last minute goal that, you know, stopped us from being in Crow Park that year. And 2009, yeah, I do remember that, that, that match. We, we, we didn't perform at all and, we looked dead on our feet and we felt dead on our feet. And JJ was perfectly timed. He was a new approach, a whole new team. And as I said, everyone had to go out and prove themselves all over again. And like he had his own, you know, he, he was very, um, yeah, he was excellent. He, 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 was, he was brilliant and very meticulous as well in, in everything he did. I'm glad you mentioned meticulous and attention to detail. But I was going to ask you what you thought of the bog hopping in leash. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I suppose it was a different approach at that time. But look, at it, you would have thought that we were a team that were well bonded and um, had a great team spirit. And we did. But that just brought it on to a whole new level again. And you couldn't have foreseen it. Like we went off and it was orienteering at the start and it came to that. And, you know, it still sticks out in my mind. I could. It's like it was. it's in front of me. I, I still have pictures and images in the head of, of everyone jumping into the bog. But... It makes me laugh too. It was it was such good fun. I was just going to ask. I wouldn't do it now. I, I wouldn't do it now. I tell you that. <laughs> I was just going to ask, were they happy memories, or is like a, a kind of a shudder come through when you think that you went through that? I know. No. Ah, uh, well, if you asked me to do it now, I'd say no, <laughs> no way. But it's it's a, it's a happy memory, and it's uh, it would make you laugh and smile definitely, and and definitely not shudder. It was it was great, great memories. And it worked, of course. He beat Galway in the 2010 final. And while it was probably a tighter game on the field, not the scoreboard in 2011, you had that resilience there as well. Because that was a very difficult one to win in 2011. But when you did back-to-back then, you didn't look back. No, we didn't. And, and that's where I think JJ was meticulous. And we got that, you know, 2007 was the first. And it was, you know, for Wexford, it was huge. It hadn't been done in 32 years or whatever. But I think when we hit that in 2010... It wasn't the same, like it was brilliant, but we just got into that winning mentality and we were able to tune ourselves in very quickly the next year and look at, a lot of things were learned from the 
period as well, which was brilliant. And, you know, JJ took all that on board and really applied it. Like in, in his time over us, I think we had the opportunity to win something like nine trophies and we won eight of them. And that just shows that he was, you know, he he, he was he was very, very meticulous about, you know, getting the job done and achieving, you know, what he set out to achieve. Because it wasn't just in Crow Park in September where you were doing it. You were winning league titles as well. Yeah. Leinster titles you're touching on there too as well. And you really, you were the dominant force there for those few years. Yeah, we, re- yeah, we really were. And, you know, there was always a game in the middle of it that kind of grounded us as well. Like I remember 2011, I think, um, we had beaten Galway in the All-Ireland the year before and they came down and played us in Wexford. I think it was that year in Belfield and, Right, like they beat, they beat us well and it was always we got that you know we'd won the league we won the Leinster Championship we always nearly got a grounding in the, in the championship where we lost one game and you know it, it really made us we're not completely untouchable either which probably worked I, I wouldn't say JJ planned it but I think it probably worked in his favour as well that it made everyone focus again coming into the key stages of the championship too and look at they were like we didn't win every game, but we won the ones that were the important ones. And learning from those games as well. I remember I was in Belfield for that match as well, and and you did. You were completely like that day. Go, we bit you away. But uh, while they made you work as well in that particular final, you were more upward too. And as I said already, you kept yourselves in that match until Lawrence and Jacob got that late goal. Yeah, yeah. And when you look back on that game, you would actually think, how did we win that game? Um, and it was just that we just kept ourselves in the game and. When the opportunity came, like it, it, that, just little something needed to happen, and then everyone just kicked in, and we drove on from the, that last six minutes. Cruel from a Galway point of view, but um, yeah, it was frantic. It was a frantic last ten minutes to get over the line that day. I, I remember. Of course, twenty twelve then as well. The three in a row, one of the best games of Camogie definitely be seen over the last decade as well. Uh, Cork played their part in, in an epic too, and Ursula got the goal. You were player of the match as well. But uh, how important was it for this team to achieve that three in a row? Uh, well, I suppose at the time we never thought of it as a three in a row. When I look back now, it was, it is a, a huge achievement to get the three in a row. And um, like we, JJ played it all year. That history will write itself you know and he never spoke of the three in a row it's only another year another championship and I think it was just it was brilliant to get out and play Cork in that as well just the change like both teams went at each other I remember the three goal spell in the middle um like it was just it was just um when you look back on it, it was it was a brilliant final and it was a brilliant final to be part of and like it was just intense stuff really Hey, could you have imagined that after 2012 that that would be it? I know like you've played on for another four years too, but even now we're talking about Wexford currently just have slipped down a little bit too. And um, you were competitive for a few years after that. We're going to talk about one or two of those in a moment. But uh, little did you think at the time that that would be it? Yeah, it's hard to believe. And look at you look back on your career and, and that's what makes winning so special. And it doesn't come around that often. And, and that's why you're lucky. Like when you think we, we probably should have won in 2008 and nine as well. And we definitely, I think, should have won in probably 2014. And look, at they, they're the ones that just escape and make the ones that you won just so special. But you would be disappointed that we probably didn't get more out of it. But you're delighted with what you have as well. 
And that's the thing as well, because even looking at yourself, and we talked about paying your dues already, but nine All-Stars, 12 nominations, and who knows how many more you might have had if you've been in sooner as well. When you look back at your own personal accolades, I know it's a team game first and foremost. Uh, how proud are you of what you've achieved in the game? Yeah, yeah I'm delighted, really. I, I'm... I'm... I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very proud of. It. I'm delighted with it. I'm, I, I've achieved. I suppose only in the last year, a couple of years, that you, you kind of when you do kind of interviews like this, you realise that you know you, you got a lot out, but you actually were fortunate enough to achieve those. And I, I'm delighted. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, it's it's just delighted to have, have achieved, and especially just to get up the steps across Park there, the things and to win the club um, championship and the Leinster championship. Unfortunately, we didn't get over the line at a club All-Ireland nearly, but they're the things that you look back at and go, wow, you were part of a unique bunch. You you came through in a great time and you be you would be proud of that and you'd just be delighted to have the memories. They just form you and they make you a different person as well. They give you such confidence. And even when you look at memories too, like leaving the All-Ireland winning years aside, you scored a super point, I think it was 2015 against Tipperary to win a real tough quarter-final because it got to Tipperary were really putting you under pressure that day and it looked like you were about to slip, but you didn't. No, and you know, it has to be up there with one of my uh, memory that it'll always stick with me that year in, in Walsh Park, like how we got out of jail that day. It, I, I I just don't know on that point I can still see it going over the bar talk about being in the right place at the right time and just the you know when you this when the final whistle goes and, and you've won that just you know rush your blood like it's just it's just it's what you play it for really like that that five minutes that whistle blower after a win like that is just it's amazing how difficult was it, Kate, to walk away? Because it was the following year after 2016, another all-star year, your top score at the championship too. Uh, I know you didn't, you didn't really make the decision until after the new year, but how difficult was it to walk away? Uh, yeah, I suppose it was difficult in the sense that I was leaving something behind that was part of my life and it was something I did all my life and loved doing and it was a way of life, I suppose, for me. I was 20 years doing it. I didn't think of that, you know, when I'd be able to, but... I knew in the year, in that year, 2015, the year we played tip, that that was the year, you know, I gave it everything that year. In my head, I, I was, I, I kind of, I, I felt that I was coming to the end that time. So I I knew, I, I just knew that year I wasn't going back. And for the couple of years, I had been given the little bit of leeway that I didn't go back in the league. And I went back later on in the year and, Look, at some point you have to say that you were getting on and like your fitness wouldn't be up there. The game is moving on. So you have to kind of call time sometime. And uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of, I knew in my head that year that that's when I wanted to go. And it was difficult, but I, I was contented in my decision, should I say. Well, we were sorry to see you go, but of course, as you say there yourself, like you know, you've given so much, so much as well to the game, so many memories. Just a few more questions, Kate, before we move on to the final segment. Um, I have to ask you because if I'm right, it was an All Ireland failure win back in '94. Yeah, well, no, we were pipped in the final. Um, we played Pierce's in the final in '94 down in Limerick, and funny, it was Pierce's in 2001 that we played in the Club All Ireland and they beat us that day as well. So. Um, it's funny how things over time come round as well. So, but look, when we got there, we won the football fail the week before down in Kerry, 
and we qualified for the Camogie one the week after and uh, we won the football. We didn't win the, the Camogie and unfortunate. But look, at sometimes, you know, being in that final, it nearly was as good as winning it because the, the friends, the bond you built with those girls is just, it's there, it's still there as a unique bond, you know. Tell me about Pebbles the Red Teddy. <laughs> Pebbles the Red Teddy used to come everywhere with us when we were uh, in the club. He used to be our mascot for uh, the, 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 um, club uh, games. And as kids, it was brilliant because, you know, it was the fun distraction. You know, it was, he, he came to Mosney, he came to Clarny, Cashel, anywhere we went to Fela, you know, in those younger years. He kind of disappeared then as we got a bit older, all right, but he, he very much was part of the squad for many years. <laughs> well, well, will he surface up anywhere now we were looking for him? Um, possibly, possibly. <laughs> He'd probably be, be worse for wear now, I'd imagine. <laughs> That'll be what we'll have to do with SOS out to see if we can track down pebbles. Probably. There was another memory I wanted to ask you about. I wasn't too sure was it was underage or was it with Wexford. Uh, I read the story once about, I don't know, we up in Dundalk or up in Derry or up in that neck of the woods in a, a bus fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were um, we were playing in Derry, I think, a camogie match, and we were staying overnight in um, in in Dundalk, was it? Dundalk, yeah, it was in Dundalk, and we were all in the cinema. Um, was kind of our you know, the night out before. So we went to the cinema and when we were leaving the cinema, someone said, oh, the bus is on fire. And we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next minute the girls start running, I'm sure. When we went out, the bus was on fire. <laughs> well, it was put out at that stage, but um, yeah, it was uh, another unique occasion, which you'd say, you, you can look back on and say another thing that probably bonded us together. Not one that was planned, well, I hope. <laughs> but um, yeah. Definitely a story to tell as well. Gator, like there's so much more we could go through, but I'm conscious of the time as well. Um, one question we talked about bonding number as a team, but friends as well. Sure, from the underage pizzas when you were young, with uh, I think it's Emma Carroll on your card, like you've met so many lifelong friends through your involvement with Camogie. Yeah, uh, club and county. Like, I remember the very first county game I ever played um, myself and Emma Carr went it was a double decker bus it was some sign of school selection and I think Anya Codd Michelle O'Leary Claire O'Connor we met them that day um, and they were sitting just the next seats behind us I think it was two representatives from every school or something and amazing that we played all the way through with them and won all Ireland's with them and, the, and as you say lifelong friends it's, it's you know you can't take from what you get out of sport you can't you know underestimate the, the friendships the you know you can ring anywhere anyone in other counties even now I've great friends in Kilkenny Cork Galway like and if you're up at matches in any of them you can pop into them and it just is it's just it's it's brilliant the network that you, you form and create through camogie and sport and of course you're still involved with camogie too being treasurer of the WGPA yep yep still doing that for, for another year finishing it this year I think but yeah, that's been um, a brilliant kind of um, something to, to get involved in, just to push on the, the standards in the game and, you know, just to push out there, you know, the 2020 initiative, you know, anything to just raise the profile for women has, has been brilliant. And I, I've been honoured, like, to be part of that group to, to get that going. And, and I suppose just for women just to take um, a front foot and, and pushing on their women's games and, and getting the coverage and getting the, you know, 
what they want out of the game and getting the standards up to where they want them to be and everyone, you know, putting their shoulders to the wheel to make that happen as opposed to just sitting back and, and, and letting it happen. And I think it's it's um it's been a great number of years being part of that. And of course, as well, like, um, and, and I'll promise I'll, I'll finish the segment of this question as well. Like, there's a lot, uh, Camogie coverage has improved. There's a long way to go. And we've had stories this year that doesn't help regards to the minor championship and the intermediates and juniors not playing in Crow Park. But from when you started off back in 1995 to now, have you seen significant changes there as well? Or do you feel there's so much more that needs to be done? Look, at, there's been significant changes. You can't say there hasn't from both on the field off the field, how people perceive the game, how people look at the game. I think there's been a huge amount of development in that. And there's been, I suppose you could say baby steps along the way, but there's a lot more steps to take. And I do think it, it is up to every woman out there to, to play their part and put their shoulders to the wheel and get out and support the girls. And, you know, like we were never treated any different in the house we came from. Like if it was a match, it didn't matter whether it was the boys or the girls playing. We were always... It was a game. It wasn't all oh, the camogie or the men, you know. So, and I think it's it's come a long way, but there's still there's always room for improvement, and there's always steps to take. And I think if everyone can keep pushing on that way, all we can do is try and strive to make it better and make it better for the generations that, that come after us, our kids, our our daughters. You know, that's. Well, I certainly hope that will be the case and we'll do everything we can to help out here in sports. Says Kate, I'd love to continue talking for another 20 minutes. There's so much more we can go through, but thanks a million for joining us. Now, of course, we're not letting you go for another few minutes because <laughs> the, the most popular segment among all our players has been the Fantastic Four, where we get you to pick the two best players you've played with. And, of course, that could be club, uh, uh, county, could even be, co- be college as well. And sorry, now we never got to talk about the Ashburn successes with Waterford IT. Uh, you pick two best players you played with and the two best players you played against. So, Kate, Kelly, I'm going to ask you for the first member of your Fantastic Four, the best player you played with and why. Um, this I found this the hardest thing question you've given me, um, playing Camogie for 30 years to, to narrow <laughs> it down to, to four players. So, the first one I, I put is actually is, is, a, is, a, is, um, is a group kind of because I, I couldn't pick one out of it and it's to do with the club and it's the group of players that I came through with the Michelle Hearns my sister Sandy Emma that group of players because when we went down on the field you could nearly close your eyes and you'd know where each of us were that that's that's my first because I just think the successes that we went through and how we developed as players from the time we started out at under 12 we were kind of um I, I won't say a mean bunch, but we lived and died together and, you know, nothing was going to do any harm to one another and we fought for each other so hard and it was just a unique bond and sometimes you can't train players to work together like that and I think we formed as a group like that. So that kind of age that I I grew up with, the likes of Michelle Hearn, Mag, Sandy, Emma, those, they, they're definitely one of my a fantastic four um, and the second then would have to be the Mary Lacey and the Claire O'Connor, like that I that I played played with, like when when the, the when the tough got going that I played with Mary Lacey, like you could always look back and you know she'd be driving on from the backs and we'd be driving on from the forwards and look at that's what you in great teams you need kind of leaders around the pitch and and there she was the kind of player that 
when the when the chips were down, she'd just come out of nowhere and, and try land that ball and look for you to you know drive it on as well. And you know, um, I really could pick ten players. Um, and over thirty years, it's just so hard to narrow that down. Um, you put up a compelling argument there for the two groups, even though we give very leader of of that second group. So we we'll accept that as your two two picks for your fantastic four. Thank you, thank you. Um, and against then, I suppose the against one like what I would say maybe Trace Mar was one of one of the greats that I played against. What a fantastic player, you know, in the air and then like. Physically, every way, she was just a, a brilliant player. And, you know, she had everything that Camogie would look for in a player. You know, she was class. She was the skills. She had the vision. She was just a leader on the pitch. And then I, it just falls back to within Wexford again. And against, I, I would say, the likes of Mary, Claire, O'Connor, they were the ones that, that you know, we play, we kind of played against each other and with each other. And we knew so much about each other that, they were the toughest people that we played against. Um, they were hard to mark because we knew each other from training with each other. And then club championship in Wexford, um, club championship in Wexford nearly is sometimes tougher at senior level than, than county games. I remember we used to play county games in 2000 and club games after our county games in 2010, 11, 12. And they were such bruising affairs. It was unbelievable that we could drop our county jersey on a Saturday and on a Tuesday night we were putting on our club jerseys and we nearly were killing each other, to be honest. And they were, you know, when like, it just, they were great players. And as I said, it like, I could pick players from the 90s, 2000s and, to, you know, it's just, it's, you know, I could name 40 players that were brilliant, but, um, and, and been a joy to play with and against, to be honest. Okay, well, what I'm going to do is, in, 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 down the future, I'm going to hold you to that, picking pick the team that you played uh, against. But I'll, I'll, I'll spare I tell you, you it'd, be, it'd be honest, it'd be even hard to pick 15 players. I don't know how anyone can just narrow it down. It's it's impossible. Like you with Michaela Morgan out there, another fantastic player that I would have played against, all the skills. And, you know, sometimes a player like that, because she wasn't from the Kilkenny's, the Galway's, the Cork's, they got to Crow Park. But my God, what a fantastic player to, you know, and I got an opportunity to play with her both at the first All-Star trip and in the Leinster and another just athletic, skillful, brilliant player. It's, it's, um, there's just so many out there and, and sometimes the ones from the weaker counties or the counties that don't achieve as much are probably don't get that recognition and she would have been just another brilliant player to have played with and against, really. But against for a lot more. Okay, I'm glad you mentioned Michaela Morgan because she's going to be next week's guest here on the Fair Green. So oh, we're looking forward to hearing about her career as well. And as you mentioned there, she's been a fantastic ambassador for Offaly Camogie over, over the last 15 years. Yeah, and as I said to you, like it's easy for me because I've always had, when I was younger, we always had wins at underage. We won, a, you know, county, always got that. And then we got went in, we won county 2007. You know, I wonder, would my career have been 20-odd years long? Had I ever, had we not have ever won, would I still have been looking for it? Would your love still be as much? And it's just when you're so lucky to, you know, win with a team, it just makes it that bit easier, you know, to be so much more passionate about it and be so 
believing in it and so you know driving on for more so it's you would have to admire players like Mikhail and you know the ones out there that haven't achieved that yet I will say yet <laughs> I just say even hearing the, hearing the passion the way you're talking there as we're coming to an end is absolutely fantastic to, to hear as well and even as you said to, said to me at the start too even before we went on there as well it, it, you would have rarely gotten a chance to look back in a career when you were playing as well but now to, to appreciate what has what has happened over the game um, we've talked as well during the interview as well it's just you can just see the love uh, of the game and the memories that you've had really coming out yeah I know and, and definitely and you know, Darren, I could stay here and, and memories that keep popping into my and my mind and just big grin and smile comes across my face. Like when, when we started, we in the 90s, the late 90s, we were winning so much with club, both club football and and and, and Camogie county finals were every other year and every year as such, we were doing the double in both. And, and then like we didn't win a club Camogie till 2013. And, you know, just winning that one after you know, 10, 11, 12 years, that was unique and special. And it was just, it just brings that love back in. It's, I shouldn't nearly, you know, but sometimes it's that one win out of millions that just revives everything and just gives you that passion for it again, that, you know, you're striving for that moment all the time. It's just, it's just such a feeling. So, you know, you can't, you know, that's what you have the passion for. And that makes the love of the game even more for me anyway. And you know, I, I'm glad for, glad for the last four, 30 odd minutes to share that passion with you as well. And um, it's been absolutely a pleasure, Kate, to talk to you and to look back at all the achievements of Wexford and, of course, St. Ivers and Shelbeliers as well over the last few years. And I hope that we do get to talk again in some capacity. Maybe that team, who knows, or that squad. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, Maybe Kelly, I'll, start, just... I'll start thinking about it now. <laughs> I'm just going to confirm your fantastic fours before we wrap up. So, of course, the, the group you, you grew up with from St. Ivor's, Shell Malier, get one of the places. Yep. Uh, Mary, Mary Lacey and Kara Connor representing the Wexford group that you played with is another place. Yep. Uh, Trace Maris, number three. And will we throw Michaela in there for number four? Yep, absolutely. That's that's perfect, perfect anyway. Kate Kelly, listen, absolutely one of my favourite interviews so far. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope we do it again in some shape or form down the line. Thank you very much for joining us here on The Fair Green. Love to. Thank you, Darren. I enjoyed it too. Thank you very much. And that's it for another Camogie edition of The Fair Green. Our theme song is National Duality from Joseph McDade and you can hear more from him on josephmcdade.com slash music. Don't forget to check out our ladies football show available now on sportsstars.ie with Monaghan's Brenda McInespy. And the third half is back on Friday with previews of the Dublin and Wexford Senior Camogie Finals. I'd like to thank this week's Camogie feature on the Fair Green again, Wexford's Kate Kelly. Hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Darren Kelly, and this was the Fair Green.